anointed for soul winning. Tell somebody you are anointed for soul winning. Come on, say it again. You are anointed for soul winning. Say it again. You are anointed for soul winning. All right. I've been doing anointing services for many, many years now. I do anointing services, impartation services, um, empowerment services, and so on and so forth. And most of the time, when you do an anointing service, and you are telling people the purpose of the anointing, I think one of the things we most often leave out is being anointed to win a soul. In fact, we talk about being anointed to prosper, being anointed to cast out devils, being anointed to heal the sick, being anointed to, um, to go for your education. Have you ever seen a mantle service where somebody put their mantle on their head and the aim was to receive power to win souls? No, when we receive a mantle, is to give us some capacity to multiply money, break through, kill our enemy, do something. But we scarcely talk about being anointed to win a soul. The most anointed person in this world that ever walked the face of the earth was Jesus. And the Bible said, Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 and the verse number 8, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Verse 19 says, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So we know that Jesus Christ was anointed. And when the anointing came upon him, the Spirit of God came upon him. The first thing was to preach the gospel to the poor. So whatever you do with your life, if you don't preach the gospel, it is a meaningless anointing you are carrying. Any anointing that does not preach the gospel is fake. Because that is not the use of the anointing. That is not the use of the anointing. Can you imagine you meet a soldier? I'm talking about a soldier in uniform. And he says they have recruited him for war. And you ask him, can you shoot a gun? He says no. Uh -uh. Then what do you do? You eat with fork and knife. A soldier is supposed to have the capacity to shoot a gun. So if you say, I'm anointed, but you, you don't win souls, your anointing is a useless one. And Listen, um, all of us who are doing the things we are doing, like maybe we are anointed and then you hear us say, take it, receive it. And you see us preaching to crowds and we are dealing with all these huge crowds. In Tamale, we were in one of them. And we've been in them in meetings, crowds. But before the crowds, the first thing we did with our anointing was one-on-one, -on -one evangelizing, witnessing, talking to people on one-on-one -on -one basis. And ladies and gentlemen, that is very important. We went to Tamale. The meeting was very powerful. We finished all that crowd. I was in the hotel when Lady Ruth, Ruth Wallace, came and told me, said, Daddy, somebody wants to see you. And I don't know the man from Adam. Then he walked into the room, came and sat down. He was looking at me. I said, Sir, can I help you? He said, yeah, I came to share my problems with you. I said, where do you go to church? He said, I'm a Catholic. And I said, okay. What can I do for you? He said, he began to share his problem. 
And when he shared the problem, shared the problem, I, I decided to pray with him. But when I was praying with him, I knew it wasn't enough. Because I started praying. The man broke down and started crying. Mommy was in the room. She heard the cry. I mean, if you can hear a man's cry, it means it was a wailing. This guy was wailing like a baby. And I knew that the prayer I was praying for him was not enough. I have to lead him to Christ. But we were about to charge out. So, I heard in my spirit, tell him to follow you to Bogatanga. And you come and stay for a number of days. You lead him to Christ. You work on him. That is how you build up a soul, especially with building the factory, one saint, one soul. This is the man. So, I felt like, ah, uh -uh, me, I've had my soul. But I couldn't lead the soul to Christ. I just prayed for the soul. As soon as he finished the crying and the shaking and everything, then he told me, he said, Daddy, you know, I know you are going to Bogatanga. Can I follow you there this week? Can I follow you? So, that is my soul. One saint, one soul. Now, when I was, when I was in Tamale, one of the nights I preached, I did an altar call, and about 70 people gave their life to Christ. If I'm not making, more than 70 people gave their life to Christ. But those are not my souls. Those are Pastor Jim's souls, Professor Anditor's souls. I didn't organize that meeting. So I cannot count those souls as my own. Those are community souls. So this week, if I preach in this church and I do altar call and people give their life to Christ, they are not my souls. They are the souls of the church board, the souls of the prayer warriors, the souls of the choir. Some of you, they are your souls because you invited them to church. But that soul that is coming, that one is my own. So tell somebody, get your own soul. Come on, shout it, get your own soul. Oh, come on, give a big clap, clap of you. Now, now, I tell you, the joy of Christianity is when you win a soul. The Bible said when one sinner is converted, heaven rejoices. The more you witness, the more even you yourself stay in the faith. Because sometimes the reason you can do all the shakara things you do is because the people in your house don't know you to be a believer. You have not preached to them, so sometimes you can do what they do. But when you start preaching to them, they will start calling you pastor. So you yourself know that pastor and apetite, they don't go together. Preaching to them will force you to change. Huh? When you start preaching to them, you cannot get angry and start fighting. Because as soon as you start getting angry, they say, hey, Pastor be father, Pastor be father. But when you don't preach and you don't witness to anybody, you have the license to misbehave with your life. So Jesus is saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The, the main purpose of the anointing is preaching. Anybody, and, and the preaching I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the complicated preaching we preach. You know, when we preach and talk about the seven spirits of God, that is not preaching. When we talk about um, casting out devils, that is not preaching. Preaching is the preaching of the gospel, the good news. That all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God commended his love for us in that while we were just sinners, Christ died for us. That is the gospel. That is the good news. And whatever you preach, you must preach the gospel. You know, we, we have a problem. 
with Christian television, Christian radio, the messages we put on television and radio. Because people can listen to us on radio and television and they will never know what our message is all about. Because we preach everything except our faith. Tell somebody we preach everything except our faith. Yeah. 27 steps to the anointing is not our faith. And Paul was there and ministering and they took handkerchiefs and aprons from his body and put them on the sick and they were healed and devils were cast out. It's not our faith. Because even magicians can do so. In my name shall they cast out devils. Even demons can exorcise demons. I've told you a story before. How, how when my mother was going to give birth to me, she said two witches were standing in front of her and determined I would not come out. I was coming out, she said, I returned. Until a Dagomba woman, who had more witchcraft than these Frafra witches, because the ones who were standing in front, on top of her, were Frafra women. The Dagomba woman now came and said, these Frafra women, how wicked can you be? You want to kill your own sister with your witchcraft. Get out of this room. As soon as they got out, I came out. Now, this Dagomba woman was not born again, so she was using a higher witchcraft than these other two women what i'm simply saying is that the devil can cast out the devil at least temporal you know jesus said how can satan cast out satan that means in actual fact they never cast out satan but they can act just to deceive you and that is because i'm sure when that other person drove these demons away i'm sure he went back to them and told them okay I, I made you people go. She has delivered the boy. That is fine. But I know that these people, eh, poverty will chase them for a long time. Don't even worry about them. Let's go. And they now release the demon of poverty to follow me and my mother. And the team followed us for years. I was sick. I'll be weak. My stepmother used to call me a ghost. Say, is this one a human being? This one is a ghost. Until Jesus came in and changed the whole thing. Somebody come on, give a big clap offering to Jesus. Now, so, our faith is a testimony. And every one of us, if you don't share the testimony of how you got born again, how you got saved, how God took you out of hell and made you a candidate of heaven, you are not preaching the gospel. Many times we share testimonies, but the testimonies are not our faith. And the testimonies are not the testimonial or the testimony of how we got saved. And people, it takes telling the story of our conversion again and again and again and again and again for people to be born again. That is the story that attracts them. Don't think telling people God gave you a new car is a testimony. God gave you a house. It's a testimony. There are people who are not in Christ and they are better houses. They are better cars. Hallelujah. Yeah, praise God. God helped me to pass my exam. I got 70%. Well, an unbeliever got 98%. So what you are talking about cannot be a testimony. But when you say I was a sinner, but one died on the cross, shed his blood, and by that blood I am saved. An unbeliever can never boast of your testimony. Boast of something an unbeliever hasn't got. 
boast of something another person who doesn't know Christ has, has got. Say something they don't have. And that is your faith. So Jesus is saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So what he's saying is, I will heal the sick. I will raise the dead. I will turn water into wine. I will walk on water. Uh, I will die and rise from the dead. But all these are meaningless if I preach not the gospel. May God make you a preacher of the gospel. I said, may God make you a preacher of the gospel. Ah, yeah. By the way, I went to Tamale UDS campus. Somebody give a big clap offering to Jesus. I said, so, why are they not showing us this on television? Why, why are we not seeing this? I never knew the campus was like that. Huge. Nice. Modern architecture. I said, oh, this thing is nice. Look, I think you're clapping. You can't agree. If I was talking about Great Britain and Trafalgar Square and the, the doves that are there, you'd say, hey, well, lie, well, lie. Now I'm talking about Tamale. You are staring at me. Clap again. Now, don't worry the way I'm preaching today and I'm not screaming and jumping. So today, don't wait. Oh, daddy will fire along the line. I won't fire. Uh, uh, this way, no, we close. Uh -uh. If every day your house is fire, will you like it? Sometimes as your daddy, I should just talk to you and close. Not every day, come and be jumping here. Talking. Chuku narobimo it's not every day we jump so those of you saw me jumping in tamale you are like ah when he comes home this is the time we see the real jumping you will see anything so jesus was a soul winner another soul winner in the bible i would like to talk about and that is the main person i'll talk about today is the man called philip everybody say philip in Acts chapter 6, there was a problem in the church where the daily ministration of food and money and other things was not enough for all the people. Um, the Christian women were complaining. That is the, the, the Greek-speaking Hebrew women were complaining that the food was not enough for them. And um, Peter now made a statement and said that um, we, we are spending all our time taking care of tables. But let us, brethren, let's look for men. He said, let us appoint some men that are of honest report. Men that are full of the Holy Ghost and people that are full of wisdom. And my Bible said that, and they selected and they brought for them seven men. One of them was Stephen a man full of faith and a man that was full of the Holy Ghost. So he was full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. And they brought in another man called Philip. And then they brought a man called Prochorus. And then they brought another man called Timon. And they brought another man called Paminas. 
and then they brought another one called Nicholas of Antioch. So they brought these men, the Bible said, and they laid hands on them. They laid hands on these people and they set them in the office of the deacon to execute the office of a deacon. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this Philip man was a deacon in the church. But being a deacon was not enough. You know, sometimes you can sit in a church and then you are a deacon or you are an associate pastor or you are a prayer warrior or you give me water like my wonderful daughters, Mavis and Cynthia. Give me water and then you usher well like my son Jerry will, will usher and you do all the nice things and you will sing like my son Donatus will sing and play an organ like the way Prince Amwako play an organ and you think that is enough. But doing all those things is not enough in the church. So, Philip full of the Holy Ghost, Philip, full of wisdom, Philip, a man of honest report, the Bible said, God said, that is not enough. So there was persecution by Acts chapter 8. And they began to torment the disciples. And the disciples were scattered abroad everywhere. They scattered them abroad everywhere. And when they scattered them, they went about preaching the word. Everybody said they were scattered. And they preached the word. Now, so, if you are working in a region, let's say you are working in the eastern region, and they transfer you to central region, you are being transferred to preach the word. Whatever takes you on a journey. Whatever relocates you to another place, you must go there for the purpose of preaching the gospel. If your lifestyle changes, your lifestyle must change for the purpose of preaching the gospel. I'll give you an example. For example, if you are working in a company and you are the general manager and they promoted you to managing director, your level has changed. So, you must preach to the people at that level. The reason God made you managing director is so that you can preach to managing directors because it is very difficult for a secretary to preach to a managing director. So, you are where you are for the purpose of preaching. The reason God makes you sit in a bus is so that you can preach. I never sat in a bus without preaching to somebody. No, like sit in a bus, STC or whatever bus, from Boga to um, Accra, I didn't preach to somebody. It's not, it's not possible. It is not possible. You will give your life to Christ by the, time, by, the time you, by the time you get to your destination. I used to lead them to Christ all the time. The reason God puts you in a place of privilege is so that you can preach. These ones were scattered in persecution. And they went everywhere preaching. So, if you are sick and they admit you in the hospital, the purpose is to preach. Paul was in prison. And the purpose of being in the prison was to preach. Paul never stayed in the prison without preaching. When they send you to prison, you become a revivalist in the preaching. You become a revivalist in the prison. Am I talking to somebody? You, you go to a school and you preach in the school. Preach. So they scattered everywhere. And when they went, their aim was preaching. Keep going. So they went everywhere preaching. The word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. You understand? He didn't preach 22 steps to break through. He preached what? Christ. Everyone say he preached Christ. Come on, shout it. He preached Christ. 
So he preached Christ unto them, and many were converted, miracles were worked, signs and wonders. And then the Bible said, there was a sorcerer in the place called Simon the sorcerer. Simon also got converted. Simon also got converted. Now, this is a revivalist in the city. First of all, he was a deacon. And being a deacon was not enough. They were scattered. He went into Samaria. He became a revivalist. But preaching to the masses was not enough. So the man was in Samaria when the angel of the Lord appeared to him. He said, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And the man got up and went, and when he got there, he arose and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority, and the Candice, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure, for, she, he, for he had come to Jerusalem for to worship. The man was sitting in his chariot and was returning, sitting in his chariot, and he read from the book of Isaiah. And when he was reading, the Spirit of God said unto Philip, Go near and join yourself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read from the book of Isaiah and, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And the man said, How can I, except some man, should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Verse number 32. The place of the scripture which he read was this. That he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before the sharer, so opened not he his mouth. Verse number 33. And in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Verse 34. And the Enoch answered Philip and said, I pray you, of whom speaketh this prophet? This. Is it of himself or of some other man? Verse number 35. And Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached Christ unto him. Verse 36. And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Verse 37. And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Verse number 38. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And he went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. But verse 39 is very interesting. And as they, and as they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. That the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. Verse 40. And Philip was found as Azotus. And passing through, he preached in all their cities until he came to Caesarea. Come on, give a big clap offering to Jesus. Oh, glory. Now, so we are seeing that this man was a deacon. Everybody say he was a deacon. Come on, shout it, he was a deacon. Now, so this man, Philip, was a deacon. Then later on, he was a revivalist, an evangelist, who was preaching to everybody. But what we also notice is that 
The man is a very good soul winner. He knows how to win one soul to Christ. How Philip won the soul of the Ethiopian eunuch. This is how to win a soul. One on one. Number one, he found the soul. Everybody say he found the soul. Come on, shout it. He found the soul. When you read in the verse number 27, my Bible said, And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia. He arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia. Now, to win a soul, you must find the person first. I told you that I was in a hotel and a man came to me. So some of the people you find, they will come to you. 